0: As we start this off here today, I'm going to jump into a scripture that kind of sets the precedence for today. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is Paul speaking from a place on, he, he's experienced some things in the life of following Jesus. He's a man that is, has faced some challenges and um, he's still got hope. He, he realizes that it doesn't matter what he faces, he, it doesn't, it's not going to take him out. And so it says this and it, uh, in chapter 4, verse number 3, it says, If the good news that we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, you hear me say this a lot, who is the god of this world. I've got some kickback from it that before. Like, what do you mean Satan's the god of this world? The Bible says that Satan is the god of this world, right? Cast out of heaven, temporary domain here on this earth. Does not have power over God, but has power on this earth, right? So he is the force that we are working against. He has hidden a veil or put a veil over people's eyes against the gospel. So it goes on to say, um, Satan, who is the uh, ruler of this or the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are an, unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. You probably hear that a lot at Pearl Street Church. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's el jefe, okay? We are not. He is on the throne of our hearts. We are not, right? So we teach the Bible around here. Uh, it goes on to say, and we, uh, we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Right? That keeps us humble when it's like, wow, look at the power of God at work in us and through us. Who we used to be, to who we are, the power of God that is at work. We're just fragile clay jars with the light shining in us and the beauty of who Jesus Christ is. So I love how it keeps that humility in here. But goes on to say in here, and this is the essence of what I want us to hear today. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Amen. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. All the challenges, all the struggle, all of it pressed but not, you know, uh, destroyed, right? We may have challenges, all good. All of this is a beauty that we get to face a little bit of what Jesus got to face. But in that, we get to live a life that represents Jesus Christ and feel the power of that life at work. On the inside of us, amen. Let's pray. God, we pray that in this place, Lord, that our hearts are humble, that our ears are ready to hear, and our spirits are willing to allow you to speak loud and clear into us today, God. May we words, may we words be full of your spirit, God, that it may direct and correct and encourage and strengthen here today. Father, may, we may be built up into your likeness, ready for the work that is set ahead of us. Is that by your power that we are here? by the power that we live in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen and amen in the house. You guys may be seated in the house here today. How many of you guys, or if you want to do this first, if you uh, want to take some notes inside of here today, you can take notes. Write this across the top of your paper. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on comes from this premise on, in this place where you have set, uh, your your course, the right direction. You're heading in the right direction. Maybe you got the right discipline, the right consistency, in what you are doing. Keep on, keeping on, right? You ever been in a good place and somebody's like, "Keep on, keeping on, man. Just keep on, keeping on." You're like, "Cool, I'm gonna keep on, keeping on. I'm just gonna keep on doing what I'm doing that's driving outcomes that I want to see happen in my life here today." So you can write that across the top of your paper, and uh, we'll jump into a few things here today. How many of you guys have ever been in a place where you were invited to somebody's house? And as they begin to prepare the meal for the house, you're starting to question the quality of its contents and, therefore, the ability of your GI in order to manage its quality. And you ever been, been there before? <laughs> you ever been there? Somebody starts making some food, and you're thinking, oh, Lord, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know what I think about? A gringo, me, myself, and I, sitting in a Hispanic person's house, and they're making some threepas. That's That's, like, literally. <laughs> so I hear... <laughs> So I hear that the, 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 the quality of the air is compromised as three are being made. It's like dirty rags are being cooked in a pan. I just think that that sounds quite nasty. Anybody loves some three in the house? Come on, somebody. Come on, three fans, okay? You love them intestines. Praise God. Amen. They're cooked just right in Jesus' name. I'll tell you right now, I ain't never touched three never will, but I've touched some lengua. I got that cow tongue. I was like, yeah, give me some of that cow tongue. Praise God for it. Ah, you know, I got it all. All those little those little spiny things, I got it all. I was tearing on it. You know. Now here's the time whenever things didn't go so well. Now I was in India. We were on a missions trip. We were over there. I mean we were doing all the human videos and like everything. I got to play Jesus all the time. One, because I think I just I had I have the most humble spirit and I and I got the nature of Jesus more than everybody else. I had the long hair, so I definitely looked like him, you know what I mean? But uh, just playing. But uh, I, I played Jesus all the time and doing this stuff. But we would go over and doing missions and ministry and, and, and you know, doing what we do. Now, they were making a meal. And here's the deal about another country. In another country, if you're invited to a meal and you don't eat, there's problems. You're offending them, right? You may not make it out of town. And I remember them making this meal in, in this, this this massive cast iron like uh, old style bathtub with a fire underneath it, and they grab like a stick out of a tree and they're just like mixing it up, you know what I mean? And I'm there thinking like, oh Lord, what's about to go down? Like Jesus, I don't know if my gringo self is ready for this Indian food. But what they created was this chicken, this chicken uh, chicken over rice with dal on it. Okay. Uh, Where's Rebecca? I thought I saw Rebecca in here. She probably knows what this is. Dahl. Dahl is like a lentil. I mean, it looks like peas to me. And and I'm like, oh, like I start eating and I'm thinking, Jesus, like, I mean, if there's one time that my GI is good, praise God, let it be today. I'll tell you today, I lost the battle. I mean, within an hour, I'm like, this ain't going well. Within four hours, it's coming out both ends. I'm like, Jesus, why has thou forsaken me? Now you ever been there in the middle of that madness where you have been sick over a meal? I think everybody in here you've been you've had a moment in time whether it was the trepas that you're, your your tea I made, whatever it was, or maybe it was just you had you had a bad burger or whatever it was. There's a moment in the middle of that madness where you're like, Aah! you know, Aah! you know, all that's coming out, like you feel like you're dying. In the middle of that madness, you're thinking, this is the worst. I want to meet Jesus today, you know, all that stuff. You're like. When is this going to pass? You're thinking all the thoughts, right? This is horrible. But here's one thought. There's one thought that you probably don't have. The one thought is, you you may not ever feel like eating again, but the thought that you don't have is, I will never eat again. I mean, everybody in here, we've had a bad meal. We've had a a bad experience. We've had a bad moment where food just didn't meet expectations. But not one of us in here said, you know what, I'm done with food. You know what, I had my experience. It was a bad one. I am done with the food game. It is over. Not one of us. Why? Because we know food is a source of substance for our body in order to live. And I think as individuals inside of here, we got to be careful that just because we have bad experiences in areas of our lives, we don't back down and we don't give in. We we don't surrender to moments of pain and struggle and say, we're just not going to live anymore. We're just not going to keep on pressing forward. We're just going to give in and we're just going to step back and we're just going to live a simple life simply because we're not in a place where we can move forward from this pain. And there's not one person in here that said, bad experience with food, I'm no longer. Why do we, why do we find ourselves in places where we say, oh, we're just going to give up in other areas then? What is it about our, our, our humanity that says we, we find ourselves in a bad experience in a relationship and we're just going to walk away? We find ourselves in a place where we, we, we find like an opportunity didn't go our way, so we're just going to give up and we're just going to be okay with where we're at. How is it that we find ourselves with, where bad experiences get us away from a life to say, we're doing the will of the Father. We're moving forward inside of our lives. We're not backing down. We're just going to keep on pressing forward. What is it? Oftentimes, it's a comfort zone. A comfort zone where we're saying, you know what, a bad experience, I'd much rather play it safe and I'm just going to get comfortable. Right? Isn't it interesting that we date until we get married, and then when we get married, we don't date. We get, we get in that comfort zone, you know. The com- it's just comfortable to be like this, right? When we're young, it's like, man, I'm going to accomplish the world. I'm going to be able to do anything. i may mean, to go to Mars. I don't know. <laughs> and then we grow up and we're like, well, Mars is too far away. And it's a, now obviously, right? There's only a couple people going to Mars. If you had a million dollars, they're going to take you up there or wherever. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? We dream when we're young, but then we have experience that limits us from the dreaming. What is it? We get in the comfort zone. It- it's just comfortable to stay here. It's safe to stay here. But I don't believe that that's where God has called us to be. I believe God has called us to do and accomplish. Because here's the deal. The life, destiny that is on our lives, destiny that is on our lives is not a destination. It is not an accomplishment. It's a journey. The destiny that God has on our lives, the destiny of the things we're called to do, is not a destination. It's not an accomplishment. It is a journey that we are on. I love how Tom Brady, Tom Brady, when he was asked, what is your favorite Super Bowl? Tom Brady said the next one. Come on, somebody. Praise God. The next one, right? What's your favorite promotion? The next one, amen. What's your favorite bonus? Oh, the next one, amen. What's your favorite, right? The next one. Now, you can get into a mentality, and there's some people that will, it's like, God has called us to a life of contentment, and like we're supposed to be happy. Yes, right? Right? But here's what I believe. This is, this is in my words how I would put it. I believe our goal is to be content in the destination with a constant heart to do the will of the Father on our journey of life. I, I believe that the, 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 where we're at is like, we're, move, we're doing the will of the Father. Like, we're moving forward. God has called us to greatness. We got a destiny. We got something to do, right? We are content with where we're at because we know who Christ is inside of our lives. He has all that we need. We are at peace. We are living by the Spirit, waking up every day in order to do the will of the Father. Praise God. We are content. But we're moving forward inside of our lives. We're not going to get stuck in complacency. We're not going to get caught in comfortability. We're going to get caught up in the calling to say, we're going to do the will of the Father. You know where I think that's good company? That's good company with Jesus Christ. Jesus says, man, I am the bread of life. This is John 6, I am the bread of life. John 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go uh, be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. Flipping over, verse number 38, bam. For I have come down from heaven to what? Do the will of the Father, do the will of God or the Father who sent me not to do what? My own will. I'm here to do the will of God. Of the Father, And this is the will of God that I should not lose, even one of those who has, uh, has been given to me, that I should raise them up at the last day. For it, in my, it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Amen. You believe in Jesus Christ, we have an eternal hope that he's going to raise us up at the end days in Jesus' name. But what he say? I've come to do the will of the Father. And I'm not going to lose anybody that comes to me. Now here's the deal. Jesus could have been like, you know what, here's the deal. I'm going to I'm going to do one miracle and I'm good. They should believe. They're going to get it. Right? Jesus could have done that. He bless you, you're lame, now you can walk. Oh, praise God. And he could have just been like I'm just going to wait until I got to die. What do you find with Jesus? Waking up every day to do the will of the Father, not for yesterday, but for today. I believe that's the same thing for our lives. Picking up our cross and dying to ourself is saying, I am here to do the will of the Father. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. I'm going to become like him. The disciples, they didn't give up. They didn't back down. They didn't have one bad experience, one challenge, one frustration to say, you know what? I'm dropping the cross. Time to go do my will. No, they lived in a place on challenges, pain, struggle, all good. We're not backing down. We're not giving in. We got our cross. We're doing the will of the Father. We're going to make Jesus known on this earth. This is what we are going to do. And welcome to Pearl Street Church because we are here to see unchurched people come to know Jesus Christ. We are not backing down. We are not giving in. We are coming. We are here to do the mission of this house. That is what we want to do. That's why we do all this stuff in the community. That's why we help people that are broken. That's why we have our services the way that we do them. We want to see unchurched people come to know Jesus Christ. Disconnected people come to know Jesus Christ. That is why we do what we do. We want to accomplish the, vis- the the mission of this house. Now, maybe you don't know the uh, the vision of this house. Here's the vision of this house. The vision of our house is our church is a spirit-led, Christ-centered community that's passionate, authentic, and innovative. We are committed to the spiritual growth and personal development of people so that they can shift the places and people in which they lead. We want to develop people, connect. We're spirit-led, spirit-driven. We're passionate. We're, we're innovative. We're being creative because we want to accomplish the mission. Now, with that... We want to develop you so that you can lead in the places God has called you to lead. In your homes, in your workplaces, right, in your families. We want you to be empowered and strengthened to lead spiritually and practically. That is the heart for this house. So we're committed to do that as a community of people. See this place come alive in Jesus' name. You be empowered to do what God has called you to do. That is what we are here to do. We don't want to get in a comfort zone and like, it's fine, we have three services, it's good. We want to be good stewards with what God has placed inside of our hand. Now, I love Thomas Edison uh, said this, most of life's failures are people who didn't realize how close they were to success before they gave up. I like that one. Most of life's failures are people that didn't realize how close they were to success before they gave up. Today, where have you walked away from the will from a bad experience? Where have you backed down because of a challenge? In your faith, in your pursuit of God's calling on your life, in the talent that he's placed in your hand, where have you given up? Where have you backed down? I just want to encourage you today, if there's anything sitting there that you've given up, you've given up on something, I want it to come alive today. And we're going to pray that it, come alive, it comes alive today. We're going to pray that you, you step up, that dreams come alive again today. The things you, you've given up on come alive again today. That the will of the Father comes alive in your life. That you're not living anything less than his best for you. So here's three things. We're going to hit three things here today that I think we need to do in order for us to live in the will of God, that the re- we're ready for the life that he's called us to. Number one, we talked about this last week. we got to resist the devil. By what? Mounting up. So what? you got to keep on mounting up. Daily you got to mount up. Ephesians 6 would say it this way. We read it last week. We'll read it again this week. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the, uh, God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against ruler, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Next. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Mount up and get ready. Now, I don't know about you if you've ever gone paintballing before. Okay, I've never paintballed in my entire life up until the staff wanted to go together. I don't know why staff wanted to shoot me with paintballs, but apparently I've said some things to them over the past couple years that they wanted to take out their frustration on me and not deal with that with God. But that's their issues, and we're still praying for them. But I remember on the day going to to paintball, what I've heard is if you layer up, then the the consequences of people's bad choices don't hurt you as much. I remember layering up. I had, like, sweats underneath there. I had, like, full-on jeans, you know. I had, like, overcoat, like, four layers underneath. I was ready. Here's the thing about paintball, I mean, I, for me, I didn't have, like, all the gear. There's people out there with, like, shin guards and, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, they're out there ready. I was not. I'm just like, I'm just going to get padded up, okay? I'm going to look like the Michelin man, and that's fine. I may be running like, <laughs> you know, whatever, <laughs> turning around. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that's fine. But I remember I, I was getting ready for what I was about to step into. Immediately, I, I knew, I'm like, this pain is coming if I'm not ready. And here's the deal about, like, what's being said inside of here is got to mount up because th- there is, we're not, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but these are strategies. I mean, this is a spiritual realm in which the enemy, the ruler of this world, is coming after us. And there's strategies that he has. If you're not mounted up, then you're not going to be ready. If you don't have your armor on, you're not going to be ready. And here's the deal. We can live in this life, and we can get into a comfort zone to be like, well, I don't really need to be engaged inside my faith. If you're not engaged, then you're not mounting up. And if you're not mounting up, oh, you're going to be given in to the strategies of the enemy because he's in—he's at war. Especially if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. So, so Paul's indication is you got to be ready, whether you know it or not. You're in a battle, and if you aren't ready for it, then you're going to get caught in the middle of it. I'll tell you right now, there was times out there on that, that paintball field where like people's masks, like right here in their eyes. Splattered. If they did not have their mask on, they tell you, like, they're like, keep your mask on. If not, you could lose an eye. Literally, that's what they, keep it on. They tell you all these things. If you don't do this, you could get seriously wounded, okay? Now, I was headshotting all the time. But I was trusting that they were following the instructions and putting their mask on, right? But you think that there was multiple times where, where individuals were prepared, so therefore they did not face the pain of what could have happened. So the first thing the Bible, or Paul would indicate to us, would be the first thing we got to do is make sure we have the belt of, right, or belt of truth on. Now, belt inside of the armory, if you look at the, the Roman officers that he's referencing here, the belt would bring everything together. Now, the first thing is the belt of truth. There is a truth, and it's an absolute truth. If you don't have an absolute truth that is rooted in God's word, right, your worldview is clear on creation and the God of all creation and the, 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 the problem with humanity and, 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 and God's redemptive work behind that and his truth has, has given us an understanding of all of that, then what happens is everything else will not be girded together that's going to be talked about after this. It's the truth of God that informs everything else. And so today the question is, are you ready for the battle that's at work? Because more than ever in the history of our lifetime, is the worldview, a Christian worldview, under attack? And so if you are not clear on your Christian worldview, there's contrary truths that are being introduced that now could compromise your conviction to your absolute truth. So you've got to have the belt of truth that puts it all together. Not just a little, because if you don't have the belt of truth, You're going to be out there battling and everything else is falling off. But you got to have the truth. It is in God. God has truth for us. The second thing is the breastplate of righteousness. This covers this midsection here. The reference around breastplate of righteousness is this is the place that protects the heart. Your vital organ. Your, Your heart's not pumping. Your life isn't living. The same thing would be with your heart. If you have a compromised heart, your life will not be lived. Right? Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the issues of life, the Bible would tell us. If you have a compromised heart, therefore, what is coming out of you is going to be compromised. Guard your heart above all else. What does Jesus say when he talks about food? He says, food goes into your body and it comes right out your back end. This is Jesus talking, which is funny. You read, Jesus says, hey, you eat and you poop, basically is what he's saying. But what defiles you? He's talking about what defiles you. What defiles you? What defiles you? It's not what you eat that defiles you. What he says, what goes into your heart defiles you. Because whatever is in your heart will come out of your life. Breastplate of righteousness is guarding your heart. It is, man, the lies of the enemy that want to get me off on living righteously here on this earth. I'm guarded, I'm protected, not going to allow it to happen. I'm not going to justify actions because I'm, I'm a free, you know, I'm free in Jesus' name. I can live how I want, do what I want. I can say what I want. No, 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 we live to honor God with our lives so we are a blessing to others. What's in our heart will flow out of us. Our words will bless and lift up, Ephesians 4.19, right? Our, our words our lives, our actions, right? They will know us. The world will know us because of our good deeds. Because we are righteous, we have a life above reproach. We are making the right choice according to God's word. It's a breastplate of righteousness that guards our hearts. I'm not here to satisfy ourselves. We're here to do the will of the heavenly Father. The third thing uh, is, here um, was the third one. Third one is the shoes of peace. There you go. So this is the shoes of peace. Now, this is referencing the good news of Jesus Christ that brings peace to our lives and brings stability to our feet. Now, anybody in here that plays sports, you know, if you get somebody's feet, oh, you got them, right? Come on, all the basketball players inside of here. That Allen Iverson, hey, you know what I mean? What are you trying to do? You're trying to get somebody going this way and you got their feet. They're all wiggly now, right? And I, your feet is what brings stability. Your feet. Same thing in football, you're trying to lay. Like. Same thing when you're in the kitchen, you're trying to get out with the dessert, and your wife's chasing you like, you gotta get it, right? You gotta move, you gotta move quick. Your feet is where your stability is. So, what is this saying? If you got your shoes on that you know the gospel, you know what truth is, I mean you know, you know what this is all. What is it going It's gonna keep you humble and grounded. That you will not elevate yourself above God. You will be grounded in a place on cool, I'm good. Whatever the enemy's trying to do, no, I'm going to solid. I'm in Christ. I know what the gospel is. The gospel is I'm a fallen man that's broken and desperate need of a savior. His name is Jesus. Cool. I know that. So I'm never going to elevate myself, right? Above God. This is the gospel. Broken man, fallen man, but God has put it all together. So it keeps us rooted in we stay humble. We're in a good place, right? So the 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 peace that comes from the gospel is, we know what this is all about. Peace that comes from the gospel. We know what it's all about. The fourth thing is, um, what do we got here? fourth thing is the shield of faith. Now, the shield of faith against the fiery attacks of the enemy, the enemy is after all, is seeking who he may devour. There's tons of things that are going on, whether it's after our minds, after our hearts, after our, our devotion. Remember I said last week, temptation. Is for the sole purpose of removing devotion. That's what the enemy is here to do. But when you stand firm inside of your faith to say, I trust God in all things, no matter the circumstance, no matter the, the situations, no matter what I'm walking in or what I'm walking through, I have faith in God. I trust God. That protects against all the enemy's lies against us to say, man, why is this happening to you? Why are you having to deal with this? Why are you having to face that? You just sit back and say, I serve a good God and I live in a broken world. All good. I'm protected against the enemy's lies that want to step in and remove me from trusting in my heavenly father. I can protect myself from it. Protect. It's a shield of faith that surrounds us. That we trust God in all circumstances. Good, bad, and the ugly. Another thing is uh, the helmet of salvation. Now the helmet of salvation guards our minds against the chaos of this world. Now, I, I pulled in a little bit here of um, the gospel that brings peace to our lives along with the helmet of salvation. Because when we know we're saved, our mind can be protected. We, we, we know we're saved. Jesus Christ is saved and he has redeemed us. Now we can guard our minds against the lies of the enemy that's saying, you're not worth it, right? You're, you're worthless, You need to work for salvation. You can guard your mind against the lies of the enemy that wants you to get out of alignment with a life surrendered to Jesus Christ and the saving grace that he has provided for us. So we guard our minds against the lie of the enemy that now would want to come against us to get us off course, everything else inside of our lives to to get out of alignment. The last thing is um, the sword of the spirit. Now, this is the only thing that God has given us or Paul referenced here as a weapon, right? The sword of truth, right? You think about Zorro. Now what we have here is 66 books of truth. How to live, how we should act, how we should talk, how we should walk. Uh, It's got theology, it's got doctrine, it's got everything on the inside of here. This is an understanding for us on how we should live. But this is our sword that now we can defend... No, this is what God's word says against the lies of the enemy that are coming. Because we can have scripture that says, no, this is what God's word says, just like Jesus did when the devil showed up. But the beauty is, is when this goes just from us to now others, there's one thing for protecting us, but now it's it's protecting others. Man, the lies of the enemy coming against our friends and family say, no, God's word says. This is our weapon that we go after to defend the faith, to defend people that we love. Amen. So there's power inside of, uh, of that right there. So first thing. I know we got all in there, six of those things, but in the middle of this, the first thing I would say for us living and accomplishing the will of God is we got to mount up because we know the battle that we are in. If we want to do the will of the Father, right, if we don't want to get caught in the fray, we don't want to get caught in the chaos, then we got to step up every single day knowing what we believe and putting on each armor every single day. Now, the last thing it says is pray in the spirit continually, right, and pray all the time for believers everywhere, the, the last thing it says inside of here. So mount up and then pray. Be a person of prayer. So the second thing I would say inside of here is if we, the thing we need to do for us to do the will of the Father is we got to keep praying. No matter what, no matter what's going on, no matter our situations, no how many times we prayed for it, whatever, we got to keep on praying. God, moving these circumstances. God, moving this situation. Now, if you have kids inside of here, you understand what persistency is. Because when a kid wants something, they're going to ask you a thousand times until they get it, right? And or a wife. They're going to ask you a thousand times until they, and a husband too, I'm just playing. But they're going to ask you a thousand times until they get it. You understand what persistency is because kids, oh, I want this, I want this. Mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, please, please. Huh, huh, huh. And sometimes daddy says you need to go ask your mom. And sometimes mommy says you need to go ask your dad. And then I say go talk to your mom. Let her make the decision. Be a big girl today. Don't put that on me, Cephas, you know, just play. But you understand when you got kids, and this is what the word would say is, keep on asking. Jesus would indicate to us in scripture, uh, Luke chapter 11, on an individual that had a guest come over, didn't have, have enough food to feed his guest. Uh, so he went over to ask a friend, hey, can you give me some more food? The friend was like, yo, we already shut this house down, kids are in bed, we ain't waking them up, I'm not coming to the door. But Jesus was telling the side of the story is if you just keep on staying persistent and knocking, what will happen is that friend out of pity will get up and get you what you need. And Jesus uses this story to indicate to us that we need to keep on asking, be persistent inside of our prayers. The second part of this go back to, go go one scripture over to chapter or verse number eight. It says, A widow of a city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice. Oh, that's Luke chapter 18. Oh, you got that one in there. Okay, cool. Y'all were ahead of me. Sorry, Luke chapter uh, yeah, chapter 11. So uh, go to the latter part of it, verse number 8. In Jesus' name. But I always admit, Jesus is saying, <laughs> what is Jesus saying inside here? He's saying, be persistent inside of your prayers. And how many times inside of our lives do we ask once and then we forget? How many times in our lives have we asked for a season and n- nothing happened, and then we were like, oh, I guess delay means denial. You've been there. Right? Maybe there's some things here today you're sitting with that you're thinking, man, I, I, there was a season when I asked, but now I just I don't, I don't think that's what God has for me. Now, here's the deal. It may not be what God has for you. Or it could just be it wasn't the right timing. I love how the enduring word, the en- word says it this way. Enduring word says it this way. And I love how it it, it specifies that in this process that says this, God often wants or waits for our passionate persistence in prayer. It isn't that God is reluctant and needs to be persuaded. Our persistence doesn't change God. It changes us, developing in us a heart and a passion for what God wants. So delay is not denial. Delay is a conversation of trust because we're just going to keep on. Asking, we're just going to say, God, this is what's on my heart. This is what I want to see you do. I want you to move in my life in this area, God. This temptation is challenging to me. This unforgiveness is inside of my heart, man. I'm ch- I'm challenged here, God. I want to see you move in my workplace. I want to see you, uh, God. I want to I want to start a business, whatever it may be, God. I want you to move in my marriage. You we have these things that are on our heart, that man. Jesus, be persistent in it. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. Now, we're praying the will of God. I mean, not our will be done, but your will be done. God, is this, is this, is this something you want to do? And Jesus says, keep on asking because we serve a good God. Now, in Luke chapter 18, as, he, as it said here just a minute ago, a moment in time where Jesus is saying the same thing. Be persistent in your prayers. Be persistent in your prayers. He tells a story of an unjust judge that was uh, didn't know God and didn't love people, but there was a woman that just kept on asking And out of... You know, out of like, man, this woman just is persistent. My gosh, the judge gave her a righteous judgment. And Jesus is saying, in the same way, go to God with that level of fervor, with that level of passion. Go to God saying, God, I want you to move in this area. God, I want you to move in this area. God, I need you to do this. And, and with that passion, come into God and keep on praying. So here's the deal. When we pray, sometimes it's shifting us. You ever had a great idea and you started talking about it and you're like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's the stupidest idea I've ever thought of in my life, right? Isn't it funny how whenever we have things that are on our heart and then we start talking about it, we, we begin to flesh out what is, what is good and what is not. The same thing whenever we step into prayer. God, I want you to. God, I want you to. God, God, would you? Would you? And the beauty is the Holy Spirit begins to step in and say, no, that's not me. That's you. No, that's not now. That's for later. But you can keep on stepping in there and fleshing things out and trusting that the Lord is leading us. The last thing I'll leave you with here today is we got to keep on praising. Sometimes in discouragement, we overlook the blessing. Sometimes when we get frustrated, we we begin looking at what, what we don't have and not looking at what we do. And in that process, we begin looking at lack rather than looking at plenty. And we'll step back and we'll say, God, why why do I live in lack when there's a world of bounty and plenty that we are living in but we have limitation of perspective simply because we don't see the provision that we desire. We can live in this place of lack. Oh, God. So what happens? What do we do? We stop praising. We stop giving thanks where thanks is due. Right? I think about like a marriage. Man, in the beginning it's like, oh, my God, I love you. You're so amazing. You're beautiful. You're incredible. Ah, But then we start looking at lack, and it stops our praise. Think about friendships in the beginning. Oh, thank you for always being here for me. And one situation, now it's under the worst friend ever, and they don't get your praise anymore. The company that you walked into, the greatest company there ever was, the best culture ever, two years in, oh, I hate this place. They're still paying the bills, Right? What happens in life, we start chasing thrills and we lose sight of the things that are paying the bills. Start chasing thrills all around us. Man, I'm going to go after the new thing and the new exciting thing. And we overlook the very provision that's paying the bills. It's providing the source and substance of our lives. And we stop praising. I say it here today, man. There's a moment in time in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas are on the journey of doing the will of the Father. They find themselves with a demon-possessed woman or demon-possessed girl that was walking around irritating them. She's a young girl that could tell the future, tell fortunes of individuals, but she was used and manipulated by these, 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 these owners of hers that would use her to make money. And in frustration, Paul finally is like, Shh, uh, he just got frustrated. I mean, he's like, ah, demon, get out of her. And the demon flew out of her, and she, hadn't, she no longer had this ability to do this sorcery and, and tell futures and stuff. And the, the owners of this got really frustrated, like, man, we're out of here. What's up with this? I mean, we're frustrated. This is this is frustrating. Paul, why did you do this? These men are causing us problems. And so they get the men of the town together and they're like, hey, these two guys, they cause problems. They're teaching things that are against the law. And everybody comes together and says, okay, beat them, throw them in jail. And that's what happened. They got beat up, tore up from the floor up, then they're thrown in jail. Not just any place in the jail, they got put in solitary confinement, down in the dungeon. And then they put them in shackles. I mean, they're completely shackled up. They can't move. Simply for doing the will of the Father to bless people. Now here's the beauty. Paul and Silas could have sat back and been like, we're frustrated. We've been doing good, but how's our circumstances bad? We've been accomplishing the will of the Father to bless people and and have, have people come to know Jesus. But why are we in a dungeon? And it could be very easy in this moment for Paul and Silas to look at the prison walls and not look beyond. But rather than sitting there in a dungeon complaining about the circumstances, what do they do? They lift their minds out of a prison and out of the shackles and begin to think and look on a good God. So I'll tell you today, if you're here, maybe, just maybe, you haven't been mounted up. It's something you need to do to be ready. But today you're living in the collateral damage of not being ready for the weapons that have been posed against you. You got doubts in your mind. You're questioning your salvation. You got behaviors now that are flowing from a heart that's been compromised. You've been finding your value in who you are to others and not who you are to God. And today you've been in relationships, you've been doing things, you've been trying to find happiness and peace and all types of things. And today you are restless inside of your heart. You don't have peace that comes from from the from the good news of Jesus Christ. You got turmoil. Maybe today you've been giving up on the prayers. Man, I prayed in the season, or it's not it's not it's not worth it. And you've been giving up because of the circumstances that are ahead of you. Or maybe you're in. And today, the the praise, you don't have praise for God. You're looking at the prison walls. You're like, I'm in a prison. I'm shackled up. Why should I give any praise to God? But I'll tell you, Paul and Silas sit here and they say, you know what? The circumstances aren't going to remove us from the praise that is due towards a God that has the power to remove the circumstances. not going to do it. You look at Jesus. This is what I love about you. Jesus, the second time, that he did a miracle to provide for a large group of people. He fed 5,000, five loaves of bread, two fish. The second time he had seven loaves of bread and and a couple fish, is what the Bible would say. Both times, what does Jesus do? His disciples are looking through lack. This is all we have. Jesus says, don't look through lack. Look through eyes of provision. Look bigger than what you have. We serve the God of the miraculous. He can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever ask or dream. Get your eyes off the present and get your eyes on The future, what God can do. Don't give in. Don't back down. Don't stop moving forward. This is not a destination. This is not a moment of achievement. This is a journey of doing the will of the Heavenly Father. Not in a moment of circumstances that are challenging, but in a journey that we honor God daily. What does He do? He grabs the bread. Both occasions, Jesus grabs the bread that people could look and lack. And what does He say? Thank you, God, for the provision. Takes those fish. Thank you, God, for the provision. And then what? Miracle. Are we looking through our eyes of lack today, our humanity, that, oh, I don't know if God can move in this. I don't know if God even cares about that. Are we looking at a God that says, I care. I love you. I have good things for you. I've come to prosper you. I want you to be in good health and sound mind. I've called you to something far greater than your humanity will leave you with. Do we believe in a God that can do the supernatural?
1: Or have we given
0: up? Are we backed in? Maybe we slipped into a place of comfort zone. And we're facing the product of comfort zone. I'm saying today, let's rise up. Let's rise up like Paul and Silas said in the middle of a prison, they didn't allow the circumstances to remove the praise or their prayer. They took their eyes out of it and pressed into it. The Bible would tell us in Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, it says this, amen, okay, Acts chapter 16, it says this, it says in verse number 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. So suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew off and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Bam, just like that. Amen. <laughs> limitation. Limitation says it's always gonna be like this. I'm always gonna be in a prison. I'm always gonna be shackled. I'm always gonna live in lack. That's limitation. Eyes limitation, Lack. My God can't do exceedingly I lack. So maybe today, if you've lived in limitation, what I'm praying today is, man, keep on keeping on with the things that God has called you to do. You're living in the will of the Father. Keep on keeping on, keep on mounting up, keep on praising, keep on praying. But maybe today you've backed down and you've lived in the comfort zone. And now it's time for us to not not give in. We need we need to keep on pressing forward. Maybe there's dead dreams. That need to come alive again. Maybe there's some, some some dead prayers that need to come alive again. Maybe there's some hopes on the inside of us that need to come alive again. We've given up in the natural. But God's saying, no, 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 not in the natural. Don't give up in the natural. Look through the supernatural. Look in the provision that I have. Not in the lack of what you see. Look in the provision of what I have. Because I can supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. So we're going to sing in here today. There's honey in the rock. But why don't you stand up? Our prayer team is going to come down. And I wanna pray today, specifically this is what we're praying over. If today you've been looking through eyes of lack, your dreams are dead, your hopes are dead, you don't think that the the, the issue can ever be dealt with. The pain that you are living in will be the pain you always have. The frustration you have will always be the thing that you, you live with. The unforgiveness that's seated there is something that you will always live with. Maybe today you're thinking, I'll never have an opportunity again. Every opportunity is dead. I said no to one opportunity, so now now an opportunity is, I'll never have another one again. And you're looking through an eye of lack. We want to pray a prayer of faith here today to say, you know what? Where you have limited God by living in the natural of what you see, let's pull the prison doors off. Let's allow through our praise and through our prayer here today the shackles to fall off and us to be loosed into the will of God for our lives today right here right now spiritually mentally physically let's pray these the shackles fall off and man we step into a place of freedom like we've never had before you guys come down in the area of your life you want some prayer in that you find lack get within somebody inside of here but god we come to you lord we trust you at work here today god father where we have seen lack in our humanity god father i pray you would release your exceedingly and your abundance into this house here today god The Father, would meet us in the middle of our journey. Father, we would not live in limitation here today, God. But, Father, we would live in pursuit. Father, we would live in lack here today, God. But, Father, we would live in abundance. Father, your hand move where we are at, God. Father, release us out of this prison. Release us out of this perspective. Release us out of this limitation, God. And, Lord, may you free us into a place of freedom in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing it out here today. individuals that, for whatever reason, you just have, you just have this apprehension not to go forward and get prayed for. There's something in you that's like, I don't know, it's weird, don't know what that's all about, don't know that person, they don't need to know my business, maybe it's just you just, it's, you don't know, you're like, I don't know the supernatural stuff, it seems a little. Maybe for others, and I, we want, I want to pray specifically for you guys, but maybe for other you guys, there's just this level of like, I want to, but something is holding me back. You're like, oh, I just want to, oh, I don't, I'm not, and you're just there, you're stuck. It's like your feet have some concrete on it. What I want to just say right now, where the concrete is on your feet, you know, the apprehension, just move right now. First thing you got to do is just take a step and just move. Just move and start coming forward. Move is the first thing. Get the concrete off. Start moving forward. No? Okay. Concrete's still there. All right, cool. But you just got to move. You just got to say, okay, I'm not going to allow anything to hold me back from getting what God has for me. Right? It's just, and maybe it's pride. You're sitting there in pride thinking, like, ah, what good is it? It's going to do no good, whatever. And it's just a pride that's there. Tell you. Enemy loves working in the pride realm. Oh, because that's the very thing that elevates itself against God. The very thing. Oh, I don't need God. I'm good by myself. I don't need you. I don't. I'm good. But just sitting back, oh man, it can limit you from things that God wants to do inside of your life, right? We pray, pray, we we pray. We're praying like we're just praying in the spirit, believing by faith with you that God's going to do for you what what's in your heart or what God what God has in your plan. So it's not we're speaking things into existence. It's we're just speaking by faith that God's going to do whatever's designed in your life. And so I would just say, you know what, I'm going to come, come forward. Don't sit back in fear. Don't sit back in disbelief. Don't sit back in pride. Just come forward. Let's pray for you. Lay some hands on you. Believe that God's going to heal your body. Believe that God's going to set you free from the pain. Believe God's going to move in an area of your life that you've had some some struggle with for a long time. Believe that God's going to move in temptation over your life. God's going to move in a place of arrogance in your life. God's going to move in you in the most broken places. And we just trust by faith, not by the work of man, but in the power of God being ministered to you here today. So get the concrete off, shake it off, and get down to somebody that can pray over your life here today. Don't sit back. He's not a God that uses authority to force obedience. He's a God that uses love to draw us into a relationship. And so today, without a personal acceptance of what God wants to do, you allowing Him, saying, God, you can do what you want to do, God will not move in your life. God's not going to move in your life because he's given you free will. And if you said no, he says, okay. But here's the thing about our loving God. If you deny him here on this earth, he will allow you to be separated from him for eternity. You got to understand that concept. Just because you say no to God now, or just, I mean, because you say no to God now means you will say no to him forever. And he is so loving, he will allow you allow you to do that. But it's just unfortunate though that once your earthly life is over, eternal separation from a heavenly father comes with anguish. Jesus would say that you're cast into an outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. What does that mean? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. We weep over the opportunities we missed and we gnash our teeth over those opportunities. You ever miss an opportunity, you said, oh, oh, and then you weep. Why did I do that? Oh, why did I do that? That is a loving God saying, you have free will and if you don't want me, you don't have to have me. But when you spend eternity away from me, you will regret your decisions and you will live a life gnashing your teeth in frustration. don't want God, that's fine. Just know what you're saying yes to. And know what you're saying no to. So if you want to say yes to God today, not in the coming forward because that's too weird for you, but in opening up your heart to say, God, you can move in me. You, you can work on me. You have free reign in my life. If that's your simple, humble prayer, we believe there's a God that's going to move supernaturally in your life to reveal himself to you desire of your heart, although you may be complicated in the outworking of your life.
2: So
0: I'm going to close in prayer over you today. The doubter, just say, God, you can. And God, I want you to. You can do in me what you want to do. Just, just simply say that in your heart and your life. I believe God will do it for you. God, we come to you today. We thank you for free will and that you are so loving that you would allow us to make choices for ourselves a God of force you God of love today I come to you today Lord to offer up those in our place today those in the house today Father maybe a little uneasy with the idea of a supernatural God but Father they're open to an idea of you moving in their lives Father I pray in your grace and in your love Father, you would move in the hearts and lives of individuals that have lived on the fence for a long time. Maybe individuals that lived in doubt for a long time, God. Will you cross through the cosmos, Lord, and meet them in this moment in their heart? That, Father, you would overwhelm them with your love here today. There'd be an overwhelming sense of your presence in them, God. Father, you you would express how much you love them overwhelming sense of peace, Lord, as you begin to invade their hearts and their lives, God. Father, we pray you would bring down every single argument that's come against you, God, and you would replace it through an experience that allows trust. Father, may be a lack of understanding, but Lord, through the pursuit of knowing you, Father, every lie of the enemy would be replaced with the truth that comes from your word. Holy Spirit, have your way in their lives today. Meet them. Challenge them. Encourage them. Strengthen them today, God. May they find a peace that they've been looking for. May they find a joy that they've been looking for. May they find contentment, Lord, they've been looking for. It's in your name we pray, Jesus, and everybody says, amen, and amen in the house here today. Amen. Amen. Come on. You gotta keep eating. So therefore, you gotta keep mounting up. You gotta keep praying. And you gotta keep praising.
1: Come on, our best days are ahead of us in Jesus' name. Pastor Noe, take us away. And amen. Keep on, keeping on. Keep amen. On, keep on, keeping on. Man, God is doing an amazing work in this house this morning. And right before we head out today, we have a few announcements. Man, you can just sense God's presence all over this place. If you're here for the first time, if you're here for the first time, right outside these double doors, um, and all these and outside this building we would love to meet with you We have a new here 10 and they would love to get a free gift in your hand uh, We do have some invite cards that just came out uh, actually today So before you leave if you've been trying to invite a friend or a family member or someone specifically um, I, I, I I challenge you today to grab a few of these in, invite cards and pray about who God is asking you to invite um, I believe that you we saw today baptisms happen today and these, these particular students that got baptized today was all from an invitation. An invitation can change someone's life. And today, before you head out, we will have invite cards. So if you feel called to take some, invite somebody, let them know that man that they got to be here every sunday this give me jesus series has been incredible this is just part three man part four is coming up and god's moving already um this week we do have young adults happening on friday night you don't want to miss any young adults in the house it's going to be legit and then also youth is starting back up next wednesday night so we have youth night happening next wednesday night so if you have if you need have any more questions check us out at Church. outside of that we love you guys have an incredible sunday